Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Welcome back everyone to a episode 15 of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, today we're going to have a bit of a chat about why, uh, why are people still buying in Brisbane? Look, there's a lot going on in the world right now and there's a lot going on in Australia and um, obviously in Victoria, the situation is quite dire with the increasing numbers of coronavirus cases being diagnosed on a day-by-day basis. Um, and yesterday, uh, our Premier also announced new border closures coming into Queensland. So obviously that's going to have an impact for people in the next few weeks and possibly months. So if you are in New South Wales, the ACT or Victoria, you are now not allowed in Queensland without a compulsory two-week quarantine period. So yeah, all of this has um, has big impacts. But uh, what we want to tackle is, well, who is still buying property in Brisbane? Because the market has been very resilient up here and there's still a lot of people that are looking at property. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll keep it fairly simple, a bit of a who and why. Um, so I guess we start off with um, the first part is, is who, uh, and and the first part we'll probably touch on is expats um, and interstate. So the the expat side of it, um, we've had some contact and um, working with some people at the moment. Um, the big areas probably the top ones are Dubai, Hong Kong, Singapore, and and a bit through Europe. Um, those ones, obviously Dubai, Singapore, Hong Kong are, are quite popular. Yeah, I think that Brisbane has become a market where a lot of people are looking to return home and they're eyeing off Brisbane for purposes around lifestyle, uh, perhaps around affordability as well. But, you know, the world is in a a crisis situation at the moment and I think that the way Australia as a whole has tackled the pandemic um, up until most recently has been superior. Certainly in Queensland, you know, we've, we've got no... Um, real issue at the moment. There was uh, a scare that we had just last week where some interstate travellers had made some false declarations and came back into Queensland um, and were later diagnosed with coronavirus. But as at the time of recording this episode, that hasn't resulted in a spike of cases. So, you know, we are tracking quite well in that regard. So, you know, people from places like Dubai, uh, places like Hong Kong um, and Singapore, they are looking to relocate. And when they relocate, they they look to buy a home and therefore they there has been a spike in inquiry from those buyers. Now, obviously, interstate families that are looking to relocate as well. Uh, We've had an increase in inquiry from those from other areas that have been looking to relocate to Brisbane. In fact, I was speaking to one gentleman over LinkedIn who uh, reached out to me and he had come up when our borders were open and he'd spent uh, four or five days driving around Brisbane to try and get an understanding of the areas and um, and therefore, you know, his his requirement is to understand a bit more about the local market before he buys. But, you know, buyers like that at the moment are locked out. So it'll be interesting to see if that demand continues or if buyers like that do reach out to professionals for assistance, um, given that they actually can't come in. So I guess the big question is, is why, um, why they're looking to, to, to relocate or to move to Brisbane. I know that obviously life's changed a bit and we, and we talk about uh, people working from home a lot more and obviously you know one thing is the weather um, today up here in Brizzy a little bit spoilt for winter 26 degrees blue sunshine 
Um, so it's 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 a lovely day up here to enjoy that. Um, but people can work from home a lot more and people are working from home a lot more. So I guess when you look for a, people look at lifestyle and say, well, where do I want to live? I can live in a nice big house, uh, good access to the beaches, good lifestyle, good, um, you know, the sunshine and everything's quite good. Um, and they can actually do that up here. So is there any other sort of reasons why they are looking at Brisbane? Yeah, look, I think you've um, you've touched on a few points there. Now, the ability for people to work at home means that the requirements for what that home looks like uh, may be changing into the future. And we touched on this in the last week's episode from a rental perspective. You know, home buyers are also looking for areas where they can work comfortably from home. And large executive homes are in high demand for families that you know, not only need to work from home, but then they've got that lifestyle as well. And here in Brisbane, these sorts of homes are still relatively affordable. When you compare these types of homes to uh, prices in Sydney and Melbourne, for example, so the the median price in Brisbane is only five hundred and fifty five thousand dollars at the moment, according to the latest CoreLogic data, um, and that obviously still gets you a house on a block of land. Uh, at the higher end of the market, you do have executive homes with the most popular price price point being somewhere between the one and the $1.5 million mark. But these sorts of properties um, are in desirable locations within an inner circle five to seven kilometres from the Brisbane CBD. And obviously, if you look at something that's comparable in either Sydney or Melbourne, you would have to uh, be a lot further away from the, the CBD to um, have an entry price point for you know a typical four or five bedroom home in that type of location. So that's definitely something that um, is different, affordability. And affordability is not just about house prices. It's also about incomes relative to house prices. And what we do know is that, yes, Sydney and Melbourne Melbourne, um, as cities generally have um, higher median incomes, uh, but the price disparity between properties or, or the housing market versus the disparity between incomes um, is not as great. So what that means is Brisbane um, median incomes are not that far behind Sydney and Melbourne, and yet our, high, our house prices are well under the house prices in other states. Yeah, so just to give a little example, actually, what Melinda was touching on there, she mentioned that sort of 1.5 sort of area. Um, I actually went and had a look at a property yesterday with a local agent, um, off-market property. It's about four kilometres from the CBD, good access for public transport, parkland uh, and lifestyle. It's, it was actually a six-bedroom house uh, and they're looking at offers at, at the $2 million mark. So that's the sort of property you can get at, at that sort of price range. Yeah, imagine being four kilometres from the Melbourne or the Sydney CBD in a six-bedroom home. Um, I'm sure even at $2 million, which is the upper end of a, our price um, levels here in Brisbane for, for that style of home, those buyers will look back in 20 years' time and, and realise that um, it was a good choice given that um, they're four kilometres from the CBD and the, the desirability of that location and the scarcity of that type of prop, property as our city continues to grow will, will really outshine. So the, the next uh, the next two, um, what about the local buyers uh, and first-home buyers side of things? Yeah, there's definitely been an uplift in demand from first-home buyers um, and also local home buyers who are looking to upgrade or downgrade. Now, we all know that the governments have provided lots of stimulus to first-home buyers to get them um, actively buying, and we know that's happening here in southeast Queensland. In fact, I was reading some data yesterday put out by the REA group whereby 33% 
um, increase. There has been a 33% increase in vacant land sales throughout southeast Queensland um, at the moment if we compare that to this time last year. So you can see the boom that we've had in, in new house construction or that will be coming in new house construction on the back of all of these vacant land sales. And we know that that's um, a result of the home builder package that's recently been announced. So yeah, first home buyers are being incentivized to to move into the property market. But um, there's also you know a lot of demand for established housing in good pockets of Brisbane at the moment, uh, and that's being driven by home buyers. Now, yeah, the economic um, prosperity of our country as a whole is not as good as uh, we thought it would be coming into the beginning of 2020, but. Uh, we recognise that there's a lot of people that are doing it tough and will continue to do it tough into the future. But what we also know is that there is a large group uh, in the population who still have secure incomes, high paying jobs. um, And for them, the access to credit has never been cheaper. So because interest rates are at record lows, uh, they can borrow money and it's very cheap money for them. So, you know, that segment of the market are very active at the moment in upgrading their homes and uh, that's driving a lot of the demand here in Brisbane. Yeah, there's a lot of activity out there on weekends. We, we're still seeing heaps and heaps of people turning up to open homes, um, even off-market ones. We're seeing a lot of people turning up to some of them um, and also properties going to multiple offer. Um, first home buyers, as you touched on, there's a lot of incentives there from the um, from the government. I think it's a good opportunity for that. Um, Again, I don't want to give away too much of age here, but um, I purchased my first property when interest rates were about 19%. Um, I think if you offered that uh, interest rate to people now, they'd probably run and hide somewhere. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's a good time to buy it with interest rates the way they are. I, you know, any time is a good time, I think, in property, um, especially at the moment. Yeah, I think that you've just given away your age because it only takes um, someone to quickly Google when was the last time interest rates were that high in Australia to to be able to backtrack the number of years um, as to when you first started uh, purchasing property. But it just goes to show, and I, I guess it's it's all relative to to the affordability of money. And at the moment, you know, it's never been more affordable to to borrow money to to take out um, or to get started in the property market. And that's what a lot of first home buyers are doing, and they are incentivized to do it. So let's move away from my age and on to investors. <laughs> um, what about the investor side of things here? Look, there's um, definitely been in consistent inquiry from investors. Again, I think that um, it's driven to a large extent by affordability. Uh, you know, investors that might have uh, $500,000 to $700,000 to spend on an investment property, as I mentioned before, the median house value in Brisbane is $555,000. That's that's data that's relative up to the end of July this year, according to Core Logic. Now, you know, that gets you a house and on its own block of land. Now, that is something that you can't buy in a lot of other capitals um, for that price point. So, you know, it does cause a lot of investment interest uh, to come into our city. And I think also where Brisbane is placed on the property cycle at the moment, you know, with its its low supply and its low future supply with building approvals down, it makes Brisbane, you know, an attractive uh, prospect for future capital growth. And, you know, prior to COVID, we were seeing a lot of the, the big research houses uh, tipping Brisbane for growth. But not only that, I think in the current investment market as a whole, you know, investors are looking for the, a return on their investment dollar and 
the rental yields, the gross rental yields that Brisbane provides are far more attractive than other asset classes at the moment. So we only have to have a look at some forward earnings projections in the share market to discover that it's quite um, unstable and uncertain in that space. Uh, You put your money in the bank and you really don't get anything above inflation uh, for that benefit. So, you know, people are looking to park their money and get some sort of return. In Brisbane, the yields are quite attractive. You can still achieve um, yields between four and five percent on a lot of uh, quality investment properties. Um, there are some areas where yields will be higher in the residential space, but that may come at the compromise of capital growth. So, you know, as long as you understand as an investor what your prior where your priority lies, um, there's different markets that provide different options. Of course, there's looking. You know, investors can look at commercial assets as well. Um, and we do know, given the onset of the pandemic, there are some. Um, issues, I guess, for investors with commercial properties. Certainly, retail and commercial um, assets have been impacted. The industrial space seems to be relatively stable, but it's actually being in a position to buy those sorts of properties um, because there's not many quality uh, industrial properties with a long-term tenant in place that become available. And with the uncertainty of the future, we're just not sure whether you know that's something that they'll be able to secure uh, future business tenants long-term for. Yeah, so we, we did have a chat actually um, to a property manager, um, Jonathan Bell, last episode, I believe, episode 14, uh, and it touches on those rental, the rental market and gives you an update on that. So if you want to have a look at that, have a listen to that last episode, it'll give you a bit of an insight into the uh, the rental market. Um, so investors, I mean, why are they doing it? I guess, as you said, they can afford to do it um, and obviously to be able to buy into that uh into that sort of price range is, is a good investment. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as I mentioned before, what's driving local home buyers is the affordability for those that do have stability of income and good cash buffers. Uh, and it's the same, you know, around Australia. There's a lot of people that have not been impacted like others um, and they do have stable jobs and they have good um, cash buffers in place. So for them, property investing at this time, um, you know, is something that they are considering. I know that they're are, there's been a lot of talk about a, a sort of financial cliff or a fiscal cliff that um, may have been ahead of us in September. However, what we do know as well is that the uh, mortgage repayment holidays have now been extended through to the end of March uh, next year. And what we also know is that uh, the government have proposed to extend some of their relief packages like JobKeeper. So, you know, that pushes out the risk uh, for any defaults. And and look, I think that the other thing to keep in mind is that people that um, have to sell uh, if they can't afford to keep their properties, maybe people that um, are in locations where property markets are less affordable. And if we look at the proportion of incomes uh, that go towards mortgage repayments here in Brisbane, it is a lot less than it is in the other capitals of Sydney and Melbourne. So, you know, there are some markets that will be more at risk than other markets when you are looking at those who may need to sell in the future if we do reach some sort of deadline in terms of incentives that are provided. Yeah, look, I, being out and about every every day and, and on weekends and seeing the market here, um, there's no such thing I, don't, I haven't seen at areas that we um, look at buy-in that um, there's any such thing as a COVID sale, that's for sure. I'm not seeing that at all. No, but we do get inquiry for people saying, you know, how can you um, help me buy something under market value? Um, When you buy something that's potentially under market value, um, you're either dealing with a seller who doesn't know the value of their property and they're not represented by a sales agent 
um, or you're buying a property that there's no demand for and therefore no competition. But anything that's coming to the market in the good pockets in Brisbane at the moment seems to be in high demand. Um, even two weeks ago on the wettest Saturday that we've had in Brisbane for many, many months, uh, you know, we were inspecting properties where there were 35 to 40 groups through those properties. So people don't go out in the rain unless they're serious sellers, I beg your pardon, unless they're serious buyers. So, um, you know, there's definitely, you know, strong demand in Brisbane for quality properties. So we sort of touched on a few areas um, of people who are looking to buy in Brisbane and why they're, they're looking at buying in Brisbane, um, how do they actually, how do they do that? I mean, how do they actually inspect a property? We've got borders closed. How do they inspect? How do they actually go to contract? And how they, how do they do that? Is it, is it data driven or how do they actually find the property? Look, I think that, um, you know, the way people buy property really depends on, you know, the purpose of, of what they're trying to do for investors. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of property investors that would buy a property sight unseen I don't understand why they would do that because I believe that that's a high risk strategy. Um, I believe that understanding uh, the neighbourhood, understanding the true uh, quality or condition of a property is really important because some of those uh, photos that you might see on a real estate listing can be really misleading when you actually get to a property and we find this all the time and you're really underwhelmed when you see the property in in its flesh effectively um, compared to how it presents in the the professional photography so I think that's something definitely to keep in mind yeah or what's near the property um, you know not only just the property itself but you know, there could be an industrial shed, there could be a set of units, you know, overshadowing the property, you don't know, or even, you know, the demographics of the area, you just don't know unless you actually physically go and see the property or somebody's looking at it for you. And I think it's having an understanding of the local area as well. You know, people rely on Google Maps to see what's around the local area. That doesn't give you an understanding of, you know, what's happening in real time because that that's all a little bit retrospective. So I think that um, making sure that you've, you're represented by someone who can provide that sort of information to you is really critical. Of course, home buyers, um, they're looking for different uh, drivers. They're not they're not buying based on data or a rental yield or capital growth opportunity. Um, so for home buyers, it's it's really hard to sort of select a property without going through that property themselves. And I do know for a lot of people potentially returning from overseas, they lean on um, their family and their friends to to help them with inspecting property. And you know that's that's a great start. It's better than not looking at the properties um, at all. However, there's also some risks that come with that if they're not sure what they need to be looking at. Because I know you know when we're looking at inspections, there's a lot of things that um, you know can come up during a property inspection that um, would be quite different to what a listing shows and and what the commentary about that property entails. So obviously, um, what we obviously from our business side of it, we're, we're buyers agents, um, as you, as you know, and and it's it's just helping people um, to understand and, and avoid making mistakes. Um, a couple of questions we get asked, or questions that people should ask if they're looking for that sort of service, um, and I do get occasionally from people say, "Oh, did you sell any properties this week?" Um, no, I don't. We don't sell property. We help people buy property, <laughs> so that's what we do. Um, but a couple of questions. If, if you're looking at that sort of service, and we always encourage people, if that's the type of service and assistance you're after, um, ask around, shop around, look at look at different, um, get different, um, talk to other people and get to know what their service is. Probably one of the biggest ones is, is local. Are you local? 
Yeah, I think that's one of the the big drivers. Um, if I was uh, being professionally represented, I'd want to know that the agent I'm working with is local and knows that local area inside and out. And just to, to give you some perspective there, you know, if we look at Brisbane, because we are local to Brisbane and Brisbane's our backyard, I've grown up in Brisbane, um, been here uh, all of my life. Uh, we just need to look at what's happened in Brisbane over the last 20 years, just to, to pick a period of time. You know, the population of Brisbane back in the year 2000 was around 1.6 million people. Since then, our city's grown about 40% in, in size in terms of the number of people that now live here. So the current population here in Brisbane is just over 2.4 million. So you can see what the change that comes with that sort of uh, population growth uh, is significant and the way our city has, you know, changed in that time has has really, you know, unfortunately uncovered areas that um, are new, but also changed existing areas and and caused future supply risk and um, and much higher density uh, dwelling construction in some areas. So, you know, it's understanding how a city can change, how it has changed, and also what infrastructure is coming in the future. Not just that, but data is, um, is really great. It tells us a lot about what's happening in the property market. Um, and it tells us, you know, which areas we potentially have seen better growth and, and you know, less, un- more underwhelming growth, if you like. Um, and I know that a lot of people uh, don't look at past information to, to make projections on what might happen in the future, but um, there's a lot of speculation about high growth areas in the future where there may be new areas or, or what have you. But, you know, looking at, at someone that, that knows the local area and is able to um, assist buyers with understanding what's happened in that area over the past 10 or 20 years. You know, I can look at data that we produce in-house here and know that some locations um, have, in Brisbane, have, you know, achieved uh, 5% or less than 5% capital growth over the last 10 years. Uh, and I'm not talking per annum, I'm talking just across the board. The average capital growth rate in Brisbane across the last 10 years has been 1.6% per annum. And yet there's other suburbs in Brisbane that have achieved upward of 60% growth in the same 10-year period. So, you know, it's understanding what's driving that growth, uh, what the local drivers are, but um, also why the supply is so constrained to put that upward uh, pressure on prices. So that's what people on the ground can do. It's not just understanding the numbers, though. In my opinion, it's also understanding what is happening um, in real time. And I have stressed this in previous podcasts because, you know, having a team that's out every Saturday um, at properties, uh, recording how many people are turning up, talking to agents about the number of people that are inspecting properties, being on the ground and seeing how many people are bidding and registering at auctions in real time, that data is actually a lot more relevant right now uh, because since the onset of COVID, we've seen a huge change in in what's been happening in different markets around Australia. And remember, anything that is put out by the big research groups, um, it's all retrospective. It's it's looking in the rear view mirror in terms of settled sales, what's happened 30 or 60 days ago, whereas the real-time data in terms of, you know, what properties are coming to the market, how many people are inspecting those properties, um, if they're listed for sale by private treaty, how many offers are going forward on that property, um, what are the price ranges for the offers that are being put forward, 
that's the sort of real-time data that I'm talking about and it helps us to provide really um, accurate price guidance on which way the market is moving because we are seeing it in real time and we're able to share that sort of information with our clients. So having that local knowledge, in my opinion, is, is really invaluable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Local knowledge and that data, like as we said earlier, don't bite just on the data, but do do every cover every base. You've got the data, you've got the on the ground. We went to an auction last weekend um, at Ashgrove. Actually, um, it was packed. We struggled to get a, a car park out the front. Uh, I think there was twelve registered bidders. That's right. Um, yeah. Look, it was a really successful auction, um, and, and we are seeing that. We're seeing so many people out and about and running into many many groups at, at open homes. Um, so that local knowledge, also the the locals get to contact the local agents. They, they get off-market opportunities. They get to see things pre-market uh, beforehand. They, they have coffee with them. We bump into them all the time. So that local knowledge is, is uh, invaluable, I think, really. The other one is um, inspections. Ask, ask the agent if they actually physically do the inspections. Yeah, I think that, um, again, if you're choosing a professional to represent you in the buying process, it's really important that they're physically inspecting the property. I know that um, some sales agents here in Brisbane have told us that, um, you know, they produce videos to send to other buyer's agents that they then pass on to their clients so that, uh, you know, it's surprising to me that a buyer's agent wouldn't physically inspect a property themselves because the liability that could come with um, things that are not identified on behalf of their clients, uh, well, that's quite huge in my opinion. Uh, but not just having a look at the, the first inspection, but also attending that building and pest inspection to provide a really comprehensive uh, review and summary of any potential issues that may come up at that time. I know, you know, we've helped clients um, about three or four months ago at a, at a high price point, you know, about a $2.2 million property. And there were a few issues that came up at the building and pest inspection. Now, understandably, helping a buyer to, with a purchase at that price point, you don't want to buy yourself future maintenance and you don't want to buy yourself any headaches. And you want to make sure that, you know, any issues associated with the property are handled before you go unconditional on a contract for the purchase of the property. So it's definitely something that, you know, a professional buyer's agent can assist you with and coach you through and and guide you in the right direction. And if there are things that need to be rectified or um, amounts that need to be negotiated at that time, then, you know, having professional representation can really be uh, to your advantage. Yeah, I, I look at every building and pest inspection and do a summary for our clients. Um, there's a lot of things in there that people don't understand if they don't have that experience. Uh, you'll probably, words like asbestos, termites, all those sort of things come up all the time. Um, it's just understanding them. That that um, Back onto that other property that you were talking about, Melinda, the good thing on those sort of um, circumstances is at the end of the day, it's sort of common sense. The seller wants to sell and the buyer wants to buy. So it's it's not like they, they're sort of going, you're going to get in an argument about certain things. You just talk about it and try and work together. They want to sell the property. So if you can work together and make sure that these things are tidied up, and then there's another inspection on the top of that. It's the pre-settlement inspection. Mm. You need to attend the pre-settlement inspection and make sure if there were any issues, if the, that they're all completed and everyone's satisfied with it, you want to make sure that things aren't left behind. You, you don't want some rubbish left there or a mower or anything that you have to dispose of because that will be a headache for you and it'll cost you money as well from the inspection. 
Yeah, and I, of course, being you know local on the ground, it, it ensures that all of those things are done uh, properly, and you know you know what you're getting when you um, are engaging a professional to represent you. So uh, I guess the, the next, and there's probably the three. These are the three main questions that we've got to ask: is is qualifications. It's not so much a question of oh, how long have you been a buyer's agent, because that could be irrelevant, really. It's more the experience that you've had in this, in investing or in property. And that's that's life. That's that's life experience, and that's over time. So I guess that's one thing. But what about um, qualifications? Yeah, look, I think that um, it's really important if you're choosing to work professionally with someone that you have the confidence that they they have industry experience. Um, you know, if they've been involved in the property market themselves, if they've uh, built their own portfolio, um, if they're local and investing in the markets that they're recommending for you, I think that that all matters and has relevance. Um, obviously, you know, being builders in the past and also property developers in the past, what our value add um, can be for clients is is something a little bit more in assisting with some development and renovation advice as well. But, you know, for people that are a bit unsure about, you know, the process of selecting a buyer's agent to work with, I think the best place to start is just to have a look at what uh, affiliations and professional um, stance they have. If you are a property investor, I'd definitely recommend um, going across to the PIPA website. That's the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. And those um, agents who are members do need to abide with a minimum professional uh, standard. Uh, there is a code of conduct that uh, applies in that instance. So it gives you a level of assurance as a consumer that um, you're dealing with a professional. Um, and of course, anyone that is a property buyer, not just investors, but home buyers as well, if you are being professionally represented by a buyer's agent, uh, please check out REBA. Um, that's the Real Estate Buyers Agents Association. Now, uh, buyers agents that uh, become members of REBA have to go through a very professional accreditation process where all of the systems and processes are reviewed to ensure that the business complies with the minimum standards. So, you know, again, it's just a process for some consumer protection. And if you are looking and, um, you know, choosing a buyer's agent to represent you, there's a couple of places that you can go to get further information. Yeah. And it's not just pay a fee and you're a member. You, you actually have to qualify. So it, it's not just, you don't just pay your fee and you're a member of uh, PIPA or REBA. So I'd, yeah, I'd highly recommend those as well. Um, and, you know, buying property is a big investment. So if you want help, get someone to help you. Obviously, you know, we're always here at Streamline Property. So, um, you know, if we can help, definitely happy to reach out and um, and give us a call. Um, but, you yeah, look, I think we've we've covered a fair bit of, fair few things there, why people are looking to move here. Um, apart from the sunshine, the beach, the good weather and not a lot of COVID, it's fantastic. It's changing a lot, Brisbane. It's it's an amazing city and it will change a lot over the years to come. So you're all welcome to come and have a look um, and stay for a little longer if you like. You just can't get in now because the borders are closing. So, yeah. But, um, look, I hope everyone's enjoyed that. We'll, um, we'll be back. We'll touch on some more... Um, I think two episodes ago, we had some uh, inside secrets that will continue on and we'll keep touching on some suburbs throughout Brisbane to give you a little bit more uh, local knowledge and sh share some uh, little secrets with you. But um, until then, take care and bye for now. I hope you found some value again today in the information that we have shared. And if you have, 
head on over to review us. Um, we'd love for you to leave a comment. Uh, let us know what we're doing well. Um, a five-star review is always welcome, but um, please also tell your friends and family about our podcast so that um, more buyers can be aware of the risks associated with buying in Brisbane and also the benefits of you know, that our city does provide. Uh, I'm Melinda Jennison, Managing Director of Streamline Property Buyers. If you do need help buying in Brisbane, please reach out to us at any time through our website. Um, it is in the show notes belong, below, uh, but we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.